Welcome to the Diaspora Podcast, the only podcast focused on South Asian immigrants. We exist to provide new immigrants with guidance, insights, and ideas that make your immigration journey just a tad easier. I'm your host, Aditya Mehta, and I live in beautiful Vancouver, Canada, where the curve finally seems to be flattening. With this terrible segue, let's talk about today's topic, cultural context. In my two years in Vancouver, I've seen a lot of people struggle to understand cultural norms, especially if they've not lived or worked abroad. They see differences, like why is everyone greeting each other in a coffee shop? Uh, in fact, Kanan Gill, um, a comedian from Bangalore, just released his uh, new special on Netflix today, and he opens with this uh, joke, you know, that the, the kind of small talk that you have to do with everyone here. But these new immigrants don't understand the why behind it. And that's what we'll try to explain today through this talk on cultural context. So then what is cultural context? In anthropology, cultural context is a measure of how explicit the messages exchanged in a culture are and how important the nonverbal and situational cues are in communication. There's a spectrum from high to low cultural context. And let's understand what this means. High context cultures rely on a lot more than just verbal communication where a lot more reading into messages and the situation and the body language is required to properly interpret what is being said. India is one of the highest context cultures. Generally, Asia is high context, uh, notably Thailand and South Korea as well. Uh, And an uh, interesting exception is Italy, which uh, though surrounded by uh, low context Europe is in fact a high context culture. Whereas low context cultures are where direct communication is needed to properly understand the message being conveyed and relies heavily on explicit verbal skills. North America, Scandinavia, Germany are examples of low-context cultures. Now, let's talk about some of the major ways in which high and low-context cultures differ. The first is that high-context cultures tend to be collective societies. People like doing things with other people. One notable thing I remember from my childhood is that I could never eat alone. I would always want someone with me at the table, even if they weren't eating, to just be present there. When I was a freshman in college, um, I did a summer at UCLA in Los Angeles, and I had a Chinese-American roommate. And the first day I landed and I was like, hey, I'm going to go get my textbooks. You want to come with me? And he said, no, I already got, got my textbooks. And... I was like, but why don't you just come with me? And he said, why would I come with you? I already got my textbooks. And I felt so bad at that time that he didn't want to come with me. But then later I understood that this wasn't that he was being rude or he didn't like me. It was just how the culture is. There's also a smaller personal space bubble. If you stood in line um, in India at a train station or a cinema, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about already. Also, one important thing here is that the idea of oneself is much smaller. So people are more likely to compromise their own wishes and and aspirations to do something which is better for the the whole family or the community. Um, A very common thing is, you know, So let my sister get married first and then I will get married. Um, Ordinarily, in a low context culture, this would be irrelevant. Uh, what's my sister's wedding got to do with mine? Another 
major way in which high and low context cultures differ is that high context cultures have very low uncertainty avoidance tendencies, which means they're okay with uncertainty. They take less stress in not knowing what is going to happen. And that's where the term Jugaad comes from. It has many, many definitions, but the way I see it is, you know, not worrying too much about planning and using some sort of, um, you know, other intelligence and other uh, connections and relationships to ensure that the outcome that you desire is still happening. There's, this generally leads to less planning. I've had clients give me an appointment for the second half of the day. And having lived in the US, I would always ask them, what does second half of the day mean? It's a five hour slot. And the client would say, no, just come anytime in the second half of the day. Over time, I grew to understand what that meant. But at that time, it, it really did bother me. The third way in which these cultures differ is that with high context cultures, the idea of chaos is okay. Just look at cues. We will not stand in queues unless we absolutely have to. Once I was in a McDonald's in Bombay, I was the next in line, but I was distracted by looking at the menu. And someone walks in from the exit side and starts placing an order. And the cashier didn't even um, ask him to get in line. She started taking the order. When I objected, I was reprimanded by this person for not paying enough attention in the queue. Also, look at public spaces. Restaurants, offices, they tend to be much louder than they are in the Western world. And I'm sure all of you have come across at least one group of Indian tourists who are oblivious to everyone around them and being loud and, you know, they're having a good time. They're not being obnoxious on purpose, but it's very evident because everyone else is not like that. Also, people like to be close to the action. They want to live in neighborhoods which have hustle and bustle, which are close to the train station. Whereas people in low context cultures prefer to have a house in the suburbs away from the noise. I don't know if that will be the same with millennials. Um, or on a free day, people like to go out to the market. People like to go to the mall. And I've noticed that uh, Sundays are actually very quiet in North America, but they're among the busiest day in uh, the subcontinent. The last major difference I see is on a factor called power distance. High context cultures have high power distance. What this means is the distance between you and the authority figure that you have. It could be your parents, your grandparents, your boss, uh, someone senior in the office. That's a very big distance. People tend to use sir and madam a lot more in the subcontinent than here. Um, I still remember feeling so weird when I had to call my boss by his first name here, even though he was my age. One negative outcome of this is that people are not frank with their authority figures. I was recruiting a candidate for my Hyderabad branch once, and though that person would report to me in Bombay, I involved the local branch manager in the hiring process because they, are, they too would have to deal with each other uh, on a much more regular basis. And the branch manager said, he was fine with this one candidate that I liked. Um, turns out the candidate was not a good performer and I had to fire him three months later. And at that time, the branch manager tells me, I knew from day one that this guy is useless and he's not going to perform. So I asked him, why could you not say this on day one? And he says, because you're the national head. How can I say something against what you think? Sometimes this can have a really disastrous consequences. There was a plane crash in 2013 of um, flight 214 of an airline called Asiana. 
it's a South Korean airline. And after all the uh, analysis and research, they actually realized that one factor was power distance. The co-pilot knew that the, the main pilot was making a mistake, but there was, it's a high power distance society. And he did not, you know, um, say anything against what the, the pilot was doing. And it ended up in the plane crashing. Now, how do you transition from one culture to the other? I'm going to focus on going from a high context culture to a low context culture, because that's what most of our listeners are facing. One is you have to be very direct in your communication. You have to take everything at face value. Don't look for subtle hints and nonverbal cues in every single thing that is being said. Also focus on tasks versus relationships. I'm not saying that you should not build relationships, but I'll give you an example. When I was working for a local startup, I would routinely go for sales meeting, those which were just relationship building meetings. And they may or may not be the right customer, but the way I had always worked was you meet people, you talk to them, and you never know what comes out of it. Whereas my supervisor would always be like, if you haven't qualified this lead as someone who can afford our product and needs our product, do not waste even an hour going to meet that person. And I found that to be you know, quite ridiculous. Also, I've noticed that people are um, not very keen to comment on other people's um, uh, attributes. For example, in India, if I had gained some weight, my friends would be sure to let me know. If I had lost some weight, they would be the first to compliment as well. But here, I don't feel that open um, you know, doing the same thing with, with people I know who are from here. Now, is there one that's easier to do, like going from high to low or low to high? Um, that's anybody's guess. I personally find it easier to move from a high to a low context culture because there's less to figure out when you communicate. That's all for today. If you like what you heard, please do share it with anyone who might find value in what we have to say. We would be very grateful. Links to our website and newsletter sign-up form are included in the description of today's episode. Next week, we have an interview with Gunjan Kumari. After having lived in several cities in India, Gunjan moved to Canada two years ago. Hers is a wonderful story of how one can build a great life in Canada with perseverance and hard work. Thank you for tuning in. Stay safe and have a fantastic week ahead. Until then, this is Aditya Mehta signing off.